Good morning. It's good to be back with you again after uh, coming back and leaving again and coming back. Hopefully my health is in order now so we can get this all taken care of, but I want to thank you so much for this body that has prayed. Also, I want to thank for everyone that um, uh, work with Vacation Bible School. I, I want to in, in, in give you some uh, clear understanding with something when it comes to me and children. I honestly believe that even now existing in the American church, that children aren't being told the gospel. They're being told Bible stories, and they're being told things that may sound cutesy, but listen to me very clearly that little people will grow up to be lost big people. And I'm going to tell you today that we here at Living Way Community Church believe in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So when I see children up here, they may be having a little fun, but I can tell you this, they're learning about the Lord. So like I told somebody one time, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm getting my message now. <laughs> but what I want to share with you is thank you so much for investing in our kids because, again, in the, in the world that we live in, that, and, and I'll say it as the evangelist did, American Christianity is based more on a godless culture than it is the Word of God. And what I'm going to share with you this morning may come at you as a surprise, and it may ruffle a little feathers, but I want to be honest, and <laughs> welcome back, Chad, uh, but to, to, to uh, share with you something that's in my heart. Now, last week, you watched me video-wise, and I want to re-go over this verse, it's not to preach the same message by no means, but to get into depth about what we read. Now, see, as the message was called last week and this week, Messengers in the Midst of Chaos, what I want you to understand is I think we have an identity problem. Okay? And what I mean by is this. My, my son showed me a documentary that had came out here recently about the American gospel. And what amazes me is some of these people that even you in this congregation have loved and followed and, and, and read their books, they're heretics. I want you to understand that your identity, if you are born again believer, is in Jesus Christ, not yourself. Amen. And what I'm going to explain to you is what has happened through the book of Revelation, especially in this, I got to be careful with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Be careful what you read. People were so infatuated in the 90s and 2000s when the Left Behind series came out. And we get fascinated with other people's commentaries. And what we have today in the American church is people believe more in a regurgitation of what somebody says or somebody's commentary than reading the Word of God. Yeah. And you will find this even this morning as we look again through the temple in Revelation 11 and we look at the two witnesses. Now that being said, I know people will disagree in certain timings of Revelation. But I want you to understand this. If you get more interested in the curious rather than reading the message of the obvious, you got your priorities wrong. Jesus is coming back. You don't know when, nor do I. But I know this, that the Bible is clear that things have got to happen. Okay? And I want you to see this. I don't care whether dispensationalist, whether you're Calvinist, whether you're Arminian, whether you're pre-mill, post-trib, all-mill, mid-trib. You know, I went through all these terms. You know what? It's when I get to heaven 
And God says, Chad, why should I let you in? Well, man, I was a pre-trib, post-trib. If I come up and say something like that, I'm going to tell you the words he's going to tell me. Depart from me. I never knew you. So I want to be that clear. So now that I've given the shock factor, I want us to talk about identity. See, what the story was telling through this documentary is how the church has lost its message. Because the same thing that pastors preached many years ago about faith in Christ, and faith in Christ will mean repentance. We have turned the gospel into six flags over Jesus. We have a lot of people, even now, that are more in love with Israel, bear with me, than they are the Word of God. Because they're curious of what's going to happen. Am I wrong? Do the Jews play a part? Yes, we're going to look at that. Absolutely. But let me tell you something. Whether you are Jew or Gentile, the only way you can be reconciled to the Father is through Jesus Christ and Christ alone. If you have your Bibles, please stand with me as we will read God's Word. Revelation 11. Let's stand and read together as we read the Word of God. You can follow me on screen or you can read in the Bible, please, or on the back of your bulletin. And there was given to me a measuring rod like a staff, and someone said, Get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship in it. Leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations. And they will tread under the foot in the holy city for forty-two months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for twelve hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. These have the power to shut up the sky so the rain will not fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood and strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is mystically called Sodom in Egypt. Hold of that. Where also their Lord was crucified. Where is he talking about? Jerusalem. Those from the people and the tribes and the tongues and the nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate. And they will send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet, and a great fear fell over those who were watching them. Amen. Let us sit down. The temple, all of a sudden, John gets a vision. We in Revelation 11. There's a midst of chaos as we have seen the trumpets blow, and all of a sudden, everything's breaking loose. But John is given an opportunity with authority to measure the temple. He has a measuring rod, which is called kalamos in the word, in the Greek word, which means a reed. It is a measuring instrument like a bamboo that stood in the Jordan Valley about 15 or 20 feet, and he's told to measure the temple. Now this is very important as I talked with you last week. You see, when he's told to measure the temple, anytime God tells you to measure something, it's for two reasons. Number one, destruction, or number two, preservation. You will find that in the Old Testament. And John is told to measure the temple, but not measure the outer court, which is the Gentile section, if you will. But he tells him to measure it and all that worship in it. Now, I want you to understand through this passage, this is an interesting situation that is happening. As I told you last week, we will talk about three temples 
In, in the Old Testament, if you will, we'll talk about, or actually too in the Old Testament, we'll talk about Solomon's temple. The Bible tells us that it was beyond great splendor. It was beautiful as he would have so many steps and you'd have the holy place, then the holy of holies separated by the veil. And here's the beautiful thing about the temple. The Holy of Holies could not be entered except by the high priest. One time of the year, Day of Atonement, we call it Yom Kippur. They could only go in there. God had a standard that must be followed. He has rules. And only the high priest could go in there. But if you remember through reading the Bible, that the high priest was a man. He was a depraved man, just like the depravity of us all. And only he could cover the sin, he could not take it away. You hear me? Well, Chad, this is cool. Where do you find it? In the Bible. And you will see that he would put the animal on the altar, play his hands upon it, therefore transferring guilt. But it only covered the sin. It did not remove them. And then again, of course, Solomon's temple would be destroyed by mighty Babylon. But then you would see that they would be able to return and under Zerubbabel, would build another temple. It would not equal the splendor of Solomon's temple, but this temple would be ruined by any Archus Epiphanes who would slaughter a sow on the altar and desecrate the temple. That temple, of course, would be ruined, would be defiled. And then you had the great trample, uh, temple of Herod the Great who would be destroyed in AD 70 when Titus sacked Jerusalem. And as I said last week, as Jesus would say in His Word that no stone would be left unturned, it is historically a fact that His men turned the stones over in the temple to get the gold that had run between the cracks. Ain't God's Word cool? So He's told to measure this temple. And I want to tell you in context what I believe all my heart is happening. God is telling John, because there again, you can't run from this. This is a Jewish flavor. He is addressing a Jewish period here, okay? He's talking about the temple, which would have been encouragement. But let me tell you something about the temple, and all of a sudden these witnesses that come out. This is very clear. you got to understand this. The Bible tells me when Stephen stood before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7 that God does not dwell in a temple made by human hands. But He dwells in men's life. He said, you stiff-necked people. He was talking to the Jews, the religious. And what did they do to Stephen according to the Bible? They stoned him. 2 Corinthians 5.1 will tell you that God's temple in heaven is not created by man's hands. So there is a remnant of Orthodox Jews that want this temple built. That's very clear. They institute the sacrificial system. But you know as well as I do through history, you really believe this, Chad, absolutely. Do you not watch the news? But see, they don't jihad in Greer language with the Muslims. Am I wrong? And they occupy part of their land that they do not like. But there is coming a time when that temple will be built. But let me tell you something. Even though that temple is built and there are some sacrificial offerings, it does not reconcile them with the Father. You see, the reason I want to get in this is because I want to make something very clear. Paul will say that all of Israel will be saved. But let me tell you what that means, people. Not all Jews will be saved. Jesus tells us that only remnant 
will be saved. Narrow is the path that leads to righteousness in the book of Matthew. And few find it. You see, the Bible tells me in John chapter 3, that as he is talking to Nicodemus, who was a very religious man, who knew the word, who knew the law, you must be born again. Nicodemus was a what? What was Nicodemus? A Jew. But Nicodemus was lost. He must be born again. There is no animal sacrifices that will take the place and reconcile you to the Father. So this temple will be built. But let me tell you, and I want you to understand, because I want to get into this real heavy as we go into these verses, before I get into the witnesses. See, identity is everything. You attending church don't make you more of a Christian than me riding a plane calling myself a pilot. Just because people are ethnic, geopolitical Jews do not make them righteous. Let me tell you a little secret to prove this point. And it is so amazing. We had this conversation three days ago. In this morning's paper, in the National Examiner, not National Examiner, uh, Washington Examiner, there is an article about abortion and how rampant it is in Israel. It was in there this morning that the liberal Jews say, man, we need to relook at this. Just because you identify as God's does not mean God identify you as His. Please understand this. You see, when it comes to reconciliation with the Father, whether you are Jew or a Gentile, there's nothing that's going to reconcile you other than the blood of Jesus Christ. It is by faith alone in Christ alone. There was an article published by a man, listen, named Art Wynn, who examined a thousand church-going people. He asked them, I think Wynn Orrin, I'm sorry, I had it backwards. He asked a thousand people, what is the purpose of the church? And I promise you I'm going to connect all this together. Eighty-nine percent of them said the purpose of the church is to minister and take care of all the needs of my family. Eighty-nine percent. Eleven percent, it is for the glory of God. And the evangelism for Jesus Christ. 11%. You see, what this sums it up to is a me mentality. I'm special because I'm identified as God's. And what I said earlier in the message is we have become a me mentality. Just like Israel. You see, what has happened here is they identified themselves as God's chosen people. Which they were. Paul will say, what benefit is it to be a Jew? It's everything. Man, we had the Word of God delivered through us. But you miss it. You're missing it. And look what the Bible says. They will institute and try to get this temple. But let me tell you something. Through this, okay, there will be judgment and preservation. Why? Look what the text says. He says, and I grant authority to my two witnesses. Now, this is, again, something that through all these prophecy writers have written. And I covered this a little bit last week. Moses and Elijah. Elijah and Enoch. Why Elijah and Enoch? They did not die. They, they both were carried into heaven. Okay? People say Moses. Well, Moses died, people. Okay? So I'm a little troubled with that one. And, and, and people say the church, the apostles, 
Uh, because of the lampstands. It's mentioned in Revelation. They're the lampstands. It's the church. And a lot of people want to get caught up in who these people are. But there again, you get caught up in the curiosity. Instead of the obvious, you miss the message. I don't know who they are. I have just as much biblical support as you do. But what I do know is God give them authority to preach the word. And look what it says. They will prophesy for 1260 days, three and a half years, in sackcloth. And I covered a little bit about this last week. You know what sackcloth is? It's an outer garment that was wore that was rough, which was a sign of mourning and repentance. Repentance. That the roughness reminded them of their standing before God in their depravity. And they will prophesy with mourning. Let me tell you something. When we share the gospel with people and we preach the good news of Jesus Christ, it should be with mourning. Because people are going to hell, people. And that's something we should never joke about. They are going there. And these men who have a heart for the lost. Do you have a heart for the lost? Paul tells me in Romans 9 this. For if I could see my brothers the Jews saved, I am willing to be a curse from Christ. Do you know what that means? says, if I could see my brother saved, I'm willing to go to hell for him. How many people are you willing to go to hell for? It's a short list, isn't it? Chad, that's actually in the Bible? Yes, and if you have your Bible, turn to uh, Romans chapter 9 and read it. Because his desire for his own people to be saved. But they were not all saved. Not all of Israel will be saved. But there is a remnant that God will deal with his people. Why? Because he is faithful in his promises. And the Bible tells me, look, that they will preach in sackcloth. And they are the two lampstands and the olive trees. Let me tell you, and you'll find this imagery and illusion in the book of Zechariah. But let me tell you something. One is oil for the fire. And it's two witnesses. According to the law of Moses, it takes two. I love this. I don't have time to get into all that. Man, you've got to read the Old Testament. I had a man tell me one time. He said he was, this is the truth, at church. He said... Chad, I'm going to teach something in the book of Revelation because I don't think the Old Testament matters anymore. I said, you're not teaching nothing. Let me tell you something. Just like the temple that does not save us in the sacrifices, they all point to the great high priest, which is Jesus Christ. Because he didn't cover the sins, my brothers and sisters. He takes them away. Look what he says. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours their enemies. So if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this way. And these have the power to shut up the sky so that rain will not fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. Now listen, and I covered this. Moses had that power. Read the book of Exodus. He caused these things to happen. If you will read, you will see Elijah had the power to call down heaven for the prophets of Baal. That's a beautiful story. You need to read that. Starts mocking their gods. I serve the true God. Amen. They had the power, and that's why people identify. The problem is, listen, if God's in it, it don't matter who he uses because he's the one that's in control of it. And they are able to call down this wrath upon the people. 
And look what it says. This is where I want to get into the meat, okay? So, Chad, you long-winded. Y'all haven't seen nothing yet. Look. When they have finished their testimony, when they have finished their testimony, as I shared last week, listen to this. Everybody is immortal till God says it's over. They finished their testimony, which was ordained by God to preach for a specific time, and nothing was going to stop them till God said it's over. There's nobody going to stop anybody's ministry but God, and He'll stop it when God says so. And they had the power to calm, call down their enemies and to strike them dead. You see, that's the other thing that people are having. Well, let me get, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm excited. But look what happens. And when they had finished their testimony, the beast that comes out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome and kill them. You know, Satan has a temporary victory because he is allowed to kill them. Do you hear that? He is allowed. I want you to understand, if you never hear another word I say from this pulpit, this. That Satan cannot do anything that God does not allow him to do. Read the book of Job. Jesus before Pilate, you don't have any power that hadn't been given to you. Ain't the Bible cool? So their testimony, and Satan and his minions kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is mystically called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified in Jerusalem. See, these are Jews here. And he calls them Sodom and Egypt. Let me tell you about Sodom. You see, the Bible city Sodom, we get our word sodomy. From it. If you don't know what that means, there's a Webster's Dictionary or Internet that'll explain it to you. This was a wicked, perverse city that was destroyed by the wrath of God. Egypt was a city, a country, that would oppress the Jewish people. And now he's saying this city, Jerusalem, is Sodom and Egypt. Wow, that's awful. Well, let's even go back to the book of Deuteronomy where even Moses said before the promised land, for you fall in the ways of Sodom. Isaiah would say, you wicked rulers of Sodom. God's people. Because just because he called his people, his people turned their back on him. And his people are the people that are faithful to the end. That it is by faith we are saved in the promises and the work of God and by faith alone. But he calls them Sodom and Egypt where also their Lord was crucified. You wicked nation that your own Jesus was crucified and you are no more holier because you identify by name. This is where I want to get in the midst here. These witnesses will prophesy to these people. You can reinstitute old customs or you can be as left wing as you possibly want to be or whatever wing they call it nowadays. I don't know. Totally apart from God. You can be religious and you can be awful, but you're both unrighteous, which means you are both doomed to hell. Listen to me. This is very clear and I want to make this point. 
We are not so spangled awesome here that we call ourselves a Christian nation. You see, let me give you an example of this. I am glad for the men who fought and died for our freedom. And we have spat in God's face by neglecting the freedom He has blessed us with and spit in His name. You see, when I was a child, and I'm going to make a point with this when I go back to Israel. You see, when I was a child, and there's some people that went to church with me when I was a child, two of them were sitting back there, Mamie and Kim. I went to a church in Greer that had over 300 in Sunday school. 300. My wife and I raised our boys in a church that had over 300 in Sunday school. Those days are dying. But see, let me tell you something. People identify as Christian because we live in the Bible Belt. Now that mentality is beginning to die, but everybody thinks they're saved because they're grandfathered in. Now I'm making a point with this. My mom and dad went to church. I was baptized when I was eight or five or whatever it may be. I said that prayer. Man, I prayed, you know, Lord, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. You want to go to hell? No. You believe in Jesus? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There you are. Bam. I've told people, if you've never lived in another country or another state north of the Mason-Dixon, you have no clue to what's around you. Because understand that even though that we're in the Bible Belt, and praise God that we used to have churches that did these things, that age is dying. And I'm not saying because we had a sack full of people in church that people were righteous. Don't hear me, because that would be the same thing that the Jews were saying about practicing temple, temple things. But what I am saying is, there was an understanding that church was something we are instead of something that we do. And it's dying. As Paul Washer said, you know why people want big churches? You know why preachers want big churches? They want them because they want to preach the things that make people feel good. They want to say things and they want the congregations. The days of people preaching the Word of God soundly, I can promise you, the congregations will thin. And He will separate the tares. You see what happened in Israel that they identified themselves as God's people. And they are highly wrong. Because God's people are those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And these witnesses will preach the gospel. They will preach that it is only by Christ that you are saved. They are no more holier. See, here's the thing, and, and I want to, I want this is a pet peeve of mine, and I know we say this on the air, and this will strike nerves, but I want you to listen to this real clearly, and I'll say it boldly, not that I'm trying to be cute, but I believe it is only by Christ alone that we are saved. And I believe that if I don't share that message, then I'm a coward. And the Bible tells me in Revelation that there are no cowards in heaven. I don't care what church you go to. No church is holier than the people that make it up. Do you hear me? The veil is torn. The altar is gone. Christ does not dwell in places made by human hands. He dwells in the lives of men. Now, do we worship here and is He given us a place to celebrate and worship His name corporately? Absolutely. But I can tell you this, if we all don't know Christ, this place ain't holy. 
And I'm tired of hearing preachers say, welcome to this holy place. Let me tell you something. It's no more holier than those five Chinese people in the hidden church in their basement singing praises to Jesus. It's not about how many people make it up. It's not how about you, how much you give. It's not about whether your grandfather was a pastor or not. The reason these witnesses are preaching is because they had it wrong. And it's by Christ alone that you are saved. Now look, what he says. Well, they are dead. And they lay in the streets. And people send gifts to one another. And they celebrate the death of those preaching the Word of God. Do you know why? Because men love darkness rather than light. The Bible says that they tormented those. Let me tell you something. This world don't need me to offend them. I don't need to stand up here and say things to offend you. If my heart's right and I share the Word of God correctly, His Word will offend you. He does not need my help. And people are offended. And see, what has happened there is what, in the midst of this chaos, and then I'm going to bring a closing point, is what's happening today in the church. People don't want to hear the Word of God. They want to hear what makes them happy. Because the humanistic thought and desire has invaded the congregations. And listen... I don't care whether a church has the greatest music program that ever been heard. I don't care if they have the greatest speaker that's ever been on stage. I don't care if they have the best vacation Bible school program or the best small group. If the Word of God is being preached correctly, Jesus is enough. Oftentimes, people play church like they play checkers. They'll go from spot to spot trying to become king. I want you to understand this. We are not perfect. No other church is perfect. And I have some godly... You know what? This church was messed up the day I walked through the door. What do you mean? What are you trying to say? I'm a depraved individual. That only by the grace of God I am what I am. Because if you follow me... You're wrong. Follow Christ and His Word. And it's by Him and Him alone. And what has happened is the same thing we see happening here. It's happening today in America. Because I want those things that make me happy. And as I said earlier in Vacation Bible School, little people that are lost will grow up to be big people that are lost. I have heard all my life all the cutesy stories. And we tell them the stories, amen? But we tell them why the stories. That it's only by Christ. And I want you to look what's happening here. These men will be killed for their faith. Now I want to read a little bit further. It's not included in this text. And I'm going to tell you, the, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. 
You see, what happens here is just like that documentary I've been watching, there's actually a movement, and this is why I said this, of pastors that you know who have denied the penal substitution of Jesus Christ. That you like. You've read their books. You see, because if you remember in the 90s and 2000s, we become the seeker-sensitive people. Seeker-sensitive. There's only one seeker. His name is God Almighty. And if you want to be friendly, be friendly to Him. I wish I could have come up with that, and I didn't. Paul Washer did. But I'm going to tell you this. He's exactly right. There's only one seeker, and it's Christ. Remember, you did not choose me. No, I have chosen you. We chose to run from our sin. God chose to pursue us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's not about my happiness, but about God's glory. And look what he says. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them and they stood on their feet and a great fear fell upon those who were watching them. Let me tell you what happened. The rest of the story. There's a great earthquake and a tenth of people are killed, but some believed. Do you see what's happening here? Not every Jew was saved. But those who believed. Not everybody that goes to church will be saved, but only those who believe. This is very important in this text. Because I think a lot of times, listen to me, we look for our own glory instead of Christ's. We want to be happy. We want the six flags over Jesus. Look, I want to be happy. But as a byproduct and not a prime product. My whole purpose is for the glory of God. And you know, I think about this quite often in closing. I promise, I promise, Darren, this, I won't say it but one time. Well, maybe twice, but bear with me. Darren aggravates me because I'll close seven different times. But anyway, look, my heart is troubled. Because so many people identify themselves as Christians in name only. I have said this, and I'm going to leave you with this question this morning. There's many of you and many in that world that will tell me they're saved. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. But answer the second question. Why? Why are you saved? Why are you saved? You see, that's the question you got to ask yourself. It's not because I know the rules and regulations. It's not because I know all the isms and the Asians and all the littles or whatever you want to call them. Those things are cool. I love studying. I love debating with my brothers and sisters that disagree with me on some of this. But one thing that we have in common is all about the blood of Jesus Christ. We may not all, you may not agree with my exegesis, but if you disagree that Christ is the only way, we're separated, brother. We're not on the same ground. We are not in the same ballpark. We ain't on the same planet. It is by Christ alone. And what I want to share with you is this. Listen. As we go out that door, everybody that you'll run into, including yourself, would one day die. It's going to happen. 
And when they stand before Jesus Christ, it's not going to be, they went the living way, they went to Southside, they went to his vineyard, they went to Fairview, they went, that's where I went to church. Because it reminds me of the words of Jesus. Did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? And he will say what? Depart from me. I never knew you. It's not where we go that identifies ourselves as a Christian. It's that Christ knows us. And I want to encourage you that what you will see in the midst of chaos in this time is the same that's happening here. It's going to get worse. But listen to this. This is the greatest message of all. In closing, twice, sorry. That even His people who turned their back on Him, who spat in His face, we can't miss this message of this text. That God in His rich mercy sent two witnesses to preach the gospel that they may be saved. Some of you ask, why don't God ever do enough? Are you serious? I thought God's a God of love. God's love and His wrath are intertwined. You have to understand this. That God's His hate for sin are intertwined. Because if God was fair, every single one of us would go to hell. But God is just. And even in the midst of those who spit in His face His ultimate love and mercy to share the good news of His Son, Jesus Christ. He didn't have to do that. Time is of the essence, people. We may not see a lot of this stuff take place, but I can assure you this, one day you're going to die. And it's only by God's grace that we are saved through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not that I stood in church. It's not that I helped with vacation Bible school. It's not that I give 75% of the church global missions where I paid for every Christian to go on a cruise. It's not that I worked myself to death because it is by grace you are saved by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You cannot work yourself to heaven, but you will work because you love Jesus Christ and you're going to spend eternity with Him. Amen? Guys, I love you and I love Jesus. And what I've experienced the past few months is this. Every day that God gives me on this earth is a bonus. And He may take me out in a couple of months. Or He may let me live five more years. I don't know. But what He has understood me now more than ever, clearly, is my mortality. And if I... I'm in this world and people go to hell. I pray that they go tripping over me on the way. And I pray you have the same mentality. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your grace and mercy. God, may I never come here because I like the people. I do like the people. But God, may every day that I come in here not be for my glory, but for Yours and Yours alone. Lord, I have been all over the place. Lord, I know me. Lord, I know that even in me and my life, my eyes get off you, my pride can take over.
Lord, if I ever preach something contrary to the gospel, may I be accursed from you. Lord, it's by your word and your word alone. I can't add to it, nor can I take away from it. Because your word is righteous, it's true, and your word is closed. It doesn't need my help. And Lord, what that means is this. That what I share, that what I do has to be your words. Your words and yours alone can save. God, I pray for everybody is here. I love them all. And God, I pray that you are magnified and glorified in all that we do. God, I will let these people down. I am a human. I am not worthy to be followed as a God. I am not, and I'm not saying that I am. But Lord, sometimes that's our mentality. Because we like to be recognized by men. But God, may people see Jesus in us, not us. May we decrease that Christ increase. And you be glorified. God, I'm a fallen man who by the grace of your Son has saved me by faith and embracing His work and word that I be reconciled unto the Father. And may I be a reflection of that. Because God, anytime I promote me over you, then I become God. And I'm not. May you be glorified. May all the children who sang with us today, Lord, may their little hearts be touched by the ministry of Living Way Community Church because Living Way Community Church wants to glorify you. And Lord, may any adult here that may be working and learning and trying to appease you through other things, Lord, may it be made abundantly clear that only by faith in your Son Christ will remove all sin. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. And all God's people said, let us sing.